Welcome to Invisible Not Broken, the Chronic Illness Podcast Network. The new Invisible Not Broken podcast features roundtable discussions and candid conversations between the hosts of all the podcasts within our network. I'm Monica from Explicitly Sick. I'm Eva from Human Care. I'm Jason from Discomfort Zone. I'm Dr. Lee from Sex and Chronic Illness. You can find all of our shows on your favorite podcast player or on InvisibleNotBroken.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Invisible Not Broken podcast, part of the Invisible Not Broken Network. I am Eva, the host of Human Care. So today we're doing something a little different. We're actually republishing our 100th episode from the original Invisible Not Broken podcast. And this episode was just me and Monica uh, recapping on what our life is when we're managing from mattress. Basically when we're bed bound and flared up and things really suck. Uh, I hope you enjoy this episode. It was a lot of fun to record as it always is uh, when I get to chat with Monica. And uh, I do wanna note that this was our 100th episode and was about two years into us launching the podcast. We are now at 175 episodes, woo! And I think we're coming up on four years of the podcast. As you know, if you've been listening recently, uh, we do publish episodes on this podcast, but not as much uh, because we turned into a network. And as a network, we have a bunch of other podcasts under our umbrella. Without further ado, let's get started on the throwback episode managing from mattress. <laughs> I feel like we're doing like a show at Broadway. I mean, this is as close as I'm going to get. <laughs> All right. I'm shimmying. You know what? I'm uh, well, I'm yeah, I can definitely see the ballet influence right here and now. <laughs> you are putting this up on YouTube, right? Oh, yeah. I'm recording right now. This Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Monica and Eva today. I feel like we're doing a variety show and I am going to be so lost like I'll, I'll be the magician's assistant just like taking my arm out of socket and just holding it there going see look it can float we've all got our talents <laughs> we do I can turn myself into a Dolly Salvador sculpture you know it's... that is quite a talent you should put that on your resume I was thinking it would make me highly employable maybe a little drawing of you too <laughs> you're one of the artists We'll definitely work on that CV. Mm-hmm. So today, you and I are doing our own. We're interviewing each other, I guess, because exciting. a very special celebration. <laughs> it is our 100th episode of Invisible Not Broken. Ooh. I, I'm so shocked when you called and told me that. I was like, what? How is that possible? You were the one who told me I've been on the air for what, two years? I was, I've lost track of all time. It's that was really awesome and shocking. Yep. Less than a month ago, uh, we passed two years, most of which has been done by you. <laughs> well, I'm so glad you came on, though. I, I really couldn't have kept it going without you. You really took the reins when I was not well enough to do any of this, and you've done awesome. Thank you so much. <laughs> Everyone listening, I hope, hope you like what I've been doing. If you don't like what I've been doing, you're welcome to tell me and see if there's anything there, or... Sorry, 
<laughs> or, you know, there are so we even talk about the other podcasts that we love. So you, you do have the option and we are happy to help you. But if you're here for the hundredth episode, we are going to be talking about the new normal when you are in bed, whether that be for a long period of time or a short period of time. And Monica and I are experts on each of those, the, the different versions of that, because Monica does spend a little bit more time. In hey, bed. I'm methoding. I'm doing this from bed. Like I am actually right here right now, not leaving my bed, at least for today or maybe tomorrow. We'll see. Mm -hmm. okay. <laughs> a very relevant topic for you right now. So, uh, so relevant. <laughs> yes. And while it is not for me today, uh, I do spend a decent amount of time uh, bed bound, although never so far in my life, never more than 48 hours. And it's only a few times a year. So far, I don't think it's ever happened, at least for a 24-hour period, more than five times in one year. But of course, there are, there are definitely long afternoons or, or so where uh, it ain't happening. Life ain't happening today. But the point of this episode is actually to talk about how life does go on and what you should be doing or what you could be doing while you're in bed. Uh, especially when you don't get to put a pause button because you might have small people who depend on you or other responsibilities that just still need your attention, even if you are managing it all from mattress. Managing it all from mattress. Mm -hmm. That's my new like tagline. We're, we're going to run with it. <laughs> I like, well, the first, the first thing that I thought of uh, when it comes to managing life from the mattress is that it's probably the only time in my life where I do not feel guilty at all about being out of commission or not being able to do something. I probably, I have the Jewish guilt of not being able to do things all the time. But when it comes to the flare-ups, the days where I am in bed, all the guilt goes out the window. I'm like, nope, everything's canceled. I'll let everyone who needs to know that I'm not available. And I kind of say it with Pride is not the right word, but with ease, I'm like, it's okay, Eva. You got to take your time. This is what your day is going to be like. And that's totally fine. Man, I need some of that. <laughs> I, I need more of that. I, um, I get tremendous guilt about being in bed. It might be because mine is more of a one-off here and there. But it's because it's such an extreme from my norm. My norm is I live a generally normal life is a weird thing to say, but you know, it's uh it doesn't inhibit every single thing that I do. I feel pain all the time, I feel discomfort all the time, but I'm able to do most things. It's when I am bed bound or having a really bad flare that I I can't really do much of anything outside of bed. So I just succumb to it and go, okay, this is my new normal for this period of time, whether it be five hours, 48 hours, we shall see. Okay, do you ever look forward to it though? Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. I, look I mean, this is real talk. And I, I can actually say that like, I can sometimes feel it coming on and there'll be times where like, especially if I see a show that I'm excited about coming on Netflix where I'm like, could this just line up? Right. That would be great. If it could just line up, <laughs> like just for like when Victoria hits, like I could just, you know, know that I would be in bed anyway and I could watch all of it or this 
book that I just started today because I got stuck in bed and I've read 300 pages so far and I'm like eh, there are worse things than than I got stuck in bed today <laughs> yeah well I, I I guess that's a lot of that's what I think about when when I am I, I don't know why I say out of commission when I'm out of commission <laughs> I don't even really know what that means. Uh, I do lift my spirits by thinking about what are all the things I could do that I don't normally do or that I put off uh, because they're not a high priority, but I really want to be doing them. Uh, and just a side note, and I don't know how this is going to come off, but I've definitely thought in the past or like daydreamed about when I would, okay, a good example is my uh, diary. I've written a diary since I was 11. Um, I am now at this recording 29, so I've been writing a diary for a long time. I used to write it more frequently, but uh, while I have revisited it a number of times, like parts of it, I always think to myself, when am I actually going to reread all of this? Oh, probably sometime in the future when I'm in hospital, which is such a weird and terrible thought to have, but it's like, oh, I, I'm a human. I have issues, I'll probably be in hospital at some point, or I guess at bed bound. And I think that's when I'm going to reread my diary. So have you ever sat down and reread your diaries? I have a few times now, and I say reread it like, you know, random, <laughs> random snippets throughout my life. I may, I'll say to myself, hmm, I really want to revisit college, the early years. And did you learn anything interesting from reading, like, what you were thinking in 19-year-old you? Yeah, I was psycho, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I think we're all a little, a little out there at 19. Sorry for anyone who's 19 listening. You'll figure it out later. Uh, <laughs> but I have done that when, um, when I'm having one of those days where I'm in bed. If I have the ability to, to read at all, it's easy because it's my own words. Uh, I usually have grammatical errors and don't know what I'm saying anyway. <laughs> back over many years ago and so it's kind of fun and it's like talking to myself mm -hmm. Oscar Wilde said that you should always like I'm gonna mangle the quote horribly but it was basically you should always keep a diary with you because you should always have something sensational to read that's such a flattering way to <laughs> Oscar Wilde sort of like <laughs> statement I am not Oscar Wilde but <laughs> Um, None of us are. I used to, <laughs> I one of my favorite authors, people to study ever. I just love him. <laughs> Understandably. So if you don't have a diary, I guess the equivalent of that would be uh, something I know you do, Monica, is, is uh, revisit something creative that you've done or be creative. I, I don't do a lot of revisiting. Um, like ever i i've not, not the biggest fan of looking backwards uh that's not out of some like deep amazing like inspirational thing of never look back it's just more i i, I don't um at all uh, i do i am a writer so i just finished a book um and then i also run another podcast where i get to research all the ridiculous insane things i get entertained by and I'd say that's that's been really fun to do from bed. I don't always have hands and fingers that work, so I use a lot of dictation. Um, Google Docs is awesome. So if you're someone who's like, I would love to keep a diary, but my hands hurt, um, you can just, I think Google Docs is free and you can just hit the microphone 
it does a really good job of text-to-speech, like amazingly impressive job of text-to-speech. You've actually just opened my my use of Google Docs because I do that all the time with my phone. Yeah. Um, especially if I'm having a lot of uh, that burning pain in my, my hands from fibro, uh, I do text, uh, sorry, speech to text on my phone. Uh, I posted that wrong. <laughs> yeah. I didn't realize I could do that on Google Docs. That's fabulous. I'm on Google Ooh. Docs all the time. You've changed yep. the world. It's, uh, yes, I know Google's evil. I'm totally worried. I know Amazon's evil too, but like there are certain things that as a disabled person, I've just had to go, you know what? I'm going to embrace the evil because it's the only thing we'll get done. <laughs> so I find that really helpful. And there's other writers out there where you're like, my fiber fog keeps me from actually writing or it's too hard for me to like keep my ideas in check. There's this amazing writing software called Scrivener. And it's a little hard on the uptake. If you decide to do this, watch YouTube video um, first. It's been great for blogging. And because I do research for my other podcast on history, it's been fantastic because I can keep, I can just control copy paste my research from the web onto this. And then I can create my script for the, the podcast in an easy way. And for my novels, oh my God, it's, it makes life so much easier because you can actually like plot things out and then you can just, it keeps you organized in a way that my little like fogged out brain is like, we're just going to do um, esoteric writing because I can't possibly come up with a beginning, middle and end. So it's, it's been fantastic to actually be able to get novels finished. It's a very cool resource. Oh, it's one of my favorites. It's a little expensive. I think it's $50, but they'll let you try it for, I think 30 days for free. And um, when NaNoWriMo comes up in October, they always run huge sales. Nice. Well, good. That's only a month from now. Yeah. Is it only a month? Oh, my God. Well, <laughs> no. Right now, at this recording, it is September 9th. No. No, no. I'm still in August. This isn't okay. <laughs> ah. It hit 55 degrees here today in Rochester, New York, and I am not happy. Okay, we can switch. We can switch anytime. I will I will happily trade with you. Oh, I like it's great for the fibro when it's dry and it's cool. It's more that I live in Rochester, New York, which is basically the North Pole for half of the year. And it's coming a little early. A little early. I might be in bed more this year for that reason. Well then this will be a good one to like look back on later where you're like, hey, I could write my novel right now. I'm just gonna download Scrivener and get it done. Actually, speaking of writing, so I do a bit of writing myself. I don't release it to the public, but uh, when I have fibro fog or like I want to be creative, but I'm foggy and so I can't really produce my normal work, I uh, write what's called blah poetry, <laughs> which is kind of what it sounds like. Um, it's really just, I think poetry is always best when it just comes from the heart and just leaves you. It's like these, these uh, really out there thoughts that gotta gotta get onto paper or a computer screen and it's the best when I'm out of it because it really is just a mishmash of things that might not make sense or they don't seem like they make sense at the time but then it's actually pretty remarkable how great they could be afterwards I love rereading something I wrote during fog afterwards what do you notice the differences uh well sometimes I'm proud of myself that I was able to formulate such intricate thoughts that doesn't happen all the time but sometimes it happens and I'm like good job Eva and other times 
So when I write notes in general, especially by hand with a notepad, I might not even need to look at them again to remember what I wrote and remember the experience of why I wrote them. I think that's pretty common. Um, or the fact that handwriting instills that memory more so than mm -hmm. if that's what I mean. Uh, but it's crazy how I could reread something I wrote while uh, I'm in bed with fog and have absolutely no recollection, re recollection of having written that or had those thoughts. It's kind of like browning out. Isn't that crazy where like, I've done that before, where I, like, especially back in college where I would, I was working three jobs and I was doing full graduate school and like, I would like turn in papers. They'd be like, I don't even remember writing this. Like, how, how did this even happen? Yeah. I, and for those who don't know, and maybe I don't know, but what I, the definition from what I've heard of browning out means not blacking out. You're like fully awake. Things are happening. But your brain's just not there. You you have no idea. You don't remember it the next day. Those of us with children call that parenting. Oof. <laughs> I know that from people uh, talking about drinking too much. <laughs> I, I think we all have about the same decision-making capabilities too. Mm, I see. Speaking <laughs> of children, we were talking about relationships from... Mm. from uh, the mattress <laughs> <laughs> and this is not going to be as sexy as it sounds like if you want the sexy talk um tune into the talks i have with dr phillips who's a sex therapist this is not what you're hoping for no especially when we're in our uh bed bound mode that's definitely actually i will disagree with you there but we'll we'll keep it clean for right now <laughs> okay then uh yeah, for for me, I definitely take the that opportunity to have uh, long walks on the beach with my husband without being on the beach. <laughs> That's excellent. We um, I had had like very lofty ideas of how I would parent and how I would be a wife, and like all of it involved no technology. Like I would not have technology in my bedroom because that is not what I had in my head is like what this would be good with. And that's gone off to the side drastically. I now have a big screen to um, like for my computer is in my bedroom now because I can't get to the living room to do movie nights. And we love our 1950s sci-fi horror movies. <laughs> and so now we have like everyone just like crawls up on the bed and we watch it in the bedroom, like, which is fun. We, we get everything together and everyone curls up in bed with me and we watch you know, plan nine from outer space or literally anything where you could see like the zipper on the back of the monster or like, <laughs> yeah. That's wonderful. You know, that's part of a new normal, right? It's not what you expected uh, for nope. a part of your life to be, but that's how it works. And it, and it's really lovely still. Maybe you have technology in the bedroom. I, yes, I had to let go of ideals. Um, I, I had to let go of, uh, and I don't even know if they were my ideals. I, I remember my mom kept saying that I shouldn't have technology around the kids when they're growing up. And you know, if you spend any time as uh, as a um, looking female person, you just get barraged with um, policing of how you're supposed to take care of your family, how you're supposed to look, how you're supposed to take care of yourself, how self-care can become incredibly stressful when everyone's telling you exactly how to do it and letting go of everyone else's expectations for what my life was supposed to look like was hard. I'm still working on it, but it's been really helpful. Like, um, it's, it's actually kind of funny because I was a graduate student for literature 
and a lot of my friends are, you know, we all love our books. And some people get a little snobby about like, I have to read a book. I have to turn the pages. This other stuff is just BS. It's just not right to read classics on your iPad. It's just wrong. And I, yeah, I love books. I love holding them, but I have to let go of, of being the cool person over on the side, like, you know, getting that whole togetherness with everyone else complaining about how bad technology is with books. And I had to go, you know what? I, it's either I read it on the iPad or I don't read it because I can't hold a heavy book for a long period of time. So it was letting go of that too, like the ability to whine about technology with others because technology is what makes any part of my life possible. Thank you, technology, for your existence. I, right? I mean, like, I, I get why everyone's bitching about how everything was so much better back then, but I don't get the idea that, like, all of this has made us less social. I'm like, what the do you think we're all doing online? I mean, all we're doing is being social. What it's changed is that it changed our availability to strangers, which, as a person who looks very female, will say that probably makes a lot of us a lot safer. Like, we aren't able to be approached and interacted with by strangers, but saying that we are using, that technology has ruined the socialness of humans. Please forgive me, everyone. I am on so many painkillers right now. The fact that I can even string a sentence together, I'll be impressed. I'm impressed. Um, but I think that's the only thing that's changed because like, if you look at everything we do online, it's all social. It's true. It, now I love to play devil's advocate and this is a really good topic in which to do that. Sure. Most of the time, I have I, a teenager. Go ahead and argue with me. I percent no, of my discussions. I'm saying that literally, that's how I am. Is I always play devil's advocate with most things. I not all things. <laughs> there are some things it's just black and white for me. But uh, so usually, I like that you're saying this because usually I hear people bad mouthing the internet or technology all the time because we do have a a little bit too much of it in certain respects uh and some in some ways i think our social lives have been um misshapen in, in various ways but i love that you're looking at the positive side of it which is what i always try to do and what we should uh look at I, right now we are recording a podcast we are mm -hmm. thousands of you wonderful people listening and that wouldn't be possible and um, you and i are a country we're a continent apart right now like yeah, that's <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah. Monica's in outside San Francisco. I'm well, way outside New York City, but sure. <laughs> We've got a continent in between us. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Uh, my co-founder uh, from Wellacopia lives on another continent. Um, I definitely have friends I've never met in person. Uh, so there really are some wonderful things about connecting online, uh, for sure. I don't know really how, how we got on this topic, but yeah, that's a, no. Actually, this is perfect. That is a wonderful thing to do when you are in bed. If you wanna be social and you can't be social, um, of course you can talk to friends like FaceTime or video chat your friends uh, who maybe you wanna uh, catch up with. I know I do that. I think you said you do that too, Monica. Oh my God, yes. Yeah, but then- I, like, It's so helpful. Like, I'm much older than you. And like, I remember watching these things on like The Saint and all of a sudden they'd be like, they're showing like the new technology, which is remotely possible. And they would be, 
writing notes to each other on a computer and they would see it and they'd write a note back. And I was like, oh my God, that's going to be possible. What? And then you'd watch some other sci-fi movie and there'd be two people talking on screens, like from other like countries. And I'm like, oh, is that something that's going to come up? Is that going to be something we're going to have? Like it, it just, it's always floored me. I love to, I've always been a tech person. I've always been fascinated by technology. I was a teenager when we got our first like crazy Macs and the cool colors and we had to basically listen to Skrillex like two cats mating in techno for like the AOL to come up it's like that's the possibilities always seem so amazing of what the equalization I think of technology has always been something that's really interesting to me if that like from disability where some of us could actually still teach or still have jobs because we can work from home I mean that's an incredible equalizer the fact that um in Apple University you can take for free classes from MIT um you can you can go to school online like all of these things um are really impressive. The the amount of knowledge that can be shared between doctors. I don't know if anyone's been watching Diagnosis, but <laughs> that is like, um, wow, that's fun. I, I remember watching House when it came out just because I hadn't gotten a diagnosis yet. So I'd watch all those those shows and um, just to see if anyone like me showed up. And so the, um, the woman who's the consultant for that has a show on Netflix where she's basically using the internet to help diagnose or to help with treatment options for sick people. And that's, and that's just mind bending to me. That's pretty fantastic use of this social network that we all have. And it's through connecting them, right? Like gathering, uh, I haven't seen it yet. So it's on my, I'll explain why it's actually related to what we're, we're talking about. <laughs> no, all good. But uh, yeah, it's I, I actually, I love my friends for this. I've had five different people in the last two weeks text me or call me and say, you need to watch this documentary, uh, not documentary, this show. A docu-show, docu-series. Because they know about, uh, you know, my illness and Wallacopia, and they go, this is perfect. I said, I know, just wait. <laughs> I'll get to it. <laughs> I agree, because my my thing, um, and you might gag at this, and it's fine if anyone gags at this, but I don't watch TV very often, except for when I have a specific movie I want to watch. When I watch TV to wind down, I, I need to basically brown out and watch reruns of Friends and How I Met Your Mother and Sex and the City and all this stuff that like I watched growing up that just put me in this happy numb space where I just don't want to deal with the rest of the world. And that that's that's me. I tried what oh, one exception. I did watch Game of Thrones. I'm not sure how I got into Game of Thrones given the shows that I watch, but yes, I got hooked. <laughs> I mean, I if I watch I, anyone who's watching with me has to deal with the feminist rants I will give, especially with how I met your mother. Or oh, oh, <laughs> uh, I said that the other night to my husband. I was like, you know, this show is unbelievably sexist and misogynistic, and I I love it. It's funny, but I I really do think that all the time. Yeah, it's hard. Like I have a really hard time going back and watching shows I used to love. And then I'm watching them now going, like, even House. Like, I'm watching House going, poor Cuddy. I mean, like, the amount of sexual harassment that woman had to deal with just to get her job done is just mind-boggling. And we all watched it going, yeah, that's how a workplace is, right? 
And now we're saying that, no, that's not how they should be. And that's not the price you have to pay to be at work. Like it's, I have a 12 year old daughter right now. So this is like, so in my forefront of my mind, like, like, oh, well watch Princess Bride is my favorite movie when I was growing up. And then I'm watching it going, yeah, cause the guys are awesome with great dialogue. And I'm sorry, did she just try to kill herself again? Like, can she do anything else? Like literally anything else other than try to commit suicide? Like, can she be funny for a minute? Can she like, I, oh, it just drove me nuts. And so my daughter's watching this just like, why am I watching this? Like we had her watch Star Wars and she just looked at her dad. She's like, really? Really? She told him to leave her alone. She told him she did not want him anywhere nearby. And he just punched the her, right by her face and she couldn't get away. And he, that's assault. And I'm looking at him going, I know I'm the feminist here. I, I, I remember loving this movie when I saw it. And now it's like, you can't not see it anymore so it just I go back to Jane Austen now I watch a lot of Jane Austen <laughs> yeah it's a it really is a blessing and a curse I've been thinking it more and more over the last couple of years which I think is not surprising uh given things that have happened in the last couple of years but it, it was our norm our our norm was like this is the workplace right and even to this day while it's not okay I'm not surprised I'm never surprised when someone's misogynistic or there's um sexual harassment anything like that even yeah it's a uh, what I think really cool though is like I think why we're, we're able to see it more I'll, I swear I'll circle back and um, why we're able to see it more is because um when the Me Too movement happened and a bunch of women won awards each one of them when they were standing up giving their speech was like I will be calling your offices decision maker offices and I have all these projects I want to green light so now we have these incredible tv shows that are fantastic in-depth looks at complicated characters men and women alike and we have some really interesting trans characters that I was like thank goodness you know the actual trans people making decisions about the show making decisions on casting I mean seriously Pose is awesome <laughs> love Pose um, but we have like a lot of shows where now the people who actually experience those lives are the storytellers and are the decision makers and I'm so psyched because this really changed how I can watch shows before that happened where people who didn't live those lives were the decision makers on how the story was told. And that it doesn't ring as true or as interesting. And now these new shows that I've been watching, I'm like, wow, this is like such a, like, wow, this, this feels real to me. This feels interesting to me. So it's the great thing about being in bed is I actually have gone through most of Netflix at this point. I think I've actually cleared most of Netflix, most of Amazon Prime, most of Hulu. I've seen almost everything. So I guess I have like a more uh, test cases to look at now. You could probably help them with their algorithm. <laughs> I don't think they like my algorithm. It's a lot of it. Like I, my default is, I'm not kidding when I say my default is Jane Austen. That is like my go-to is... Uh, anything Jane Austen, I will watch a billion times. My favorite movie is Pride and Prejudice, but I won't lie, I like the new one. <laughs> I, the, the movie was a good intro, but the, I mean, Colin Firth and the, like, six hours, the six hours are worth it. Like, those are great. That being said, I actually don't think I've watched all of the original or maybe none of the original oh, yes. now the next time you're in bed you have something to do for six hours i will write that down as my uh my next activity for when i'm in bed so or yeah. doctor who i mean doctor who you have got like if you want to go original to now you've got like months ahead of you if you want like just like from eccleston on you've got like a good you know few weeks to so in general feel good shows or movies are definitely go-to i don't think that's uh 
that's um, really news to anyone. Maybe news. News is not necessarily good. <laughs> no, no. My husband actually like cuts me off at like 10 o'clock from Twitter. He's like, okay. <laughs> not like we have that kind of relationship where it's a decision making thing. It's just more of a like, hey, I'd actually like to spend time with you and I'd like you not to be screaming and ranting. It'd be great if you stop frothing at the mouth. That would be good, like before bed. Yikes. Well, yeah, in general, whether it be shows or news or social media or movies, whatever is a feel good for you is what's important. Not what other people um, recommend you should do or not, but what is going to make you- People have recommendations, don't they? Like when you're sick, it's amazing how often the word should comes out. Mm, I actually have been uh, watching out for that word a lot lately for myself. It's one of my least favorite words. Yeah. You guys can totally tally them up for me if I happen to say them during the podcast and let me know. I don't know. But uh, yeah, I, I feel that we're told we should watch X, Y, and Z. And I might give it a try. Look, if someone I like is recommending that I do something, I'll look into it. But uh, there's no point in forcing yourself to do something just because it's a work of art, according to someone. There are so many shows, so many shows that people... Mm say I should watch but I know myself and that I'm an empath and I embody people's emotions too much uh so and especially when I watch them happen uh so that's why I watch friends because the the most devastating thing that happens is Ross and Rachel break up which got me pretty sad but like <laughs> I remember that wow not as devastating as it gets how do you deal with um other people's jealousy that you get to be that like you get to be in bed. I get that a lot of like, Oh, I, I would love to have time, the time you have to be in bed, or I can only imagine the things I would create. It's almost like, like they're pressuring me. Like I should be like reaching this level of like artistic excellence because I have this time to be in bed that I would be wasting if I was watching friends all day or. Right. So, well, that brings me back to your question of, do I look forward to being in bed? I don't look forward to having to be forced to be in bed. That's, that's for damn sure. Uh, I look forward to those days that really never seem to happen, like a lazy Sunday where I really got everything out of the way that I need to. And it's just, maybe I'm going to cook that day and do whatever I want, but that so rarely happens because I'm such an outgoing person. So if I'm not doing work, where am I going to be? I'm going to be out going to go, go see friends, go do things. Uh, and as much as I love to be in my own space and do whatever I want, think whatever I want, like, I mean, just in a lazy way, not proactively. Uh, I clearly don't love it that much because I never do it. Like I never set aside the time to do it. So when it comes to being forced to, to be in that situation, I will, I always try to look at the glass half full. Obviously I do not all the time, but it is, I think it would be close to my default. I'm good at getting there. Happy about that. Uh, and so I will be, so I will think to myself, oh, this is my chance. I never make the time for this. So, all right, I'm in bed. It's not for a good reason, but now is my chance to, to do all those things I say that I'm going to do on, a, you know, let's say a lazy Sunday. So when it comes to jealousy, do I find that people are jealous? Um, probably as someone who experiences this uh, infrequently, respectively, uh, 
I don't think I get that. I think I just get a lot of poor use, as we were saying, and mm -hmm. people feeling bad for me and so on. And in my case, maybe because they're less frequent, I appreciate people acknowledging that it's hard uh, and that it's not normal for me. It's not normal for anyone, uh, but it's even not normal for me that uh, I, I will reassure them, look, it's it happens and it's fine, but thanks for recognizing that it's difficult. So I don't think I get any, so if said anyone's ever said that to me, I clearly brushed it off. Let's put it that way. You're good at that. That's good. That's a good skill. Yeah, you don't understand or I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna ignore that. No biggie, you're human. I need to get better at that. The, the, the brushing off and like not taking offense, I need to get way better at that. It is, it's funny, I, um, so I'm a Taurus. Um, it's funny, I'm weird about horoscopes. I like kinda believe, kinda don't. I just find that it fits certain people really, really well. Believe is a strong word here. But I'm a Tory, Taurus slash Aries, Aries cusp. Apparently I fit everything very well. Tauruses are known for being stubborn. And I remember when I learned that, I was really confused because I find myself to be one of the least stubborn people in that I like playing devil's advocate and I like seeing views from all sides and I'm open to other people's suggestions. I'll have my own opinions, but I like being open. Except when I think someone has wronged me. If I feel that you have wronged me or seriously misunderstand me, I can't let it go. So that's mm -hmm. um, being very open with everyone right now. Um, and yeah, it's a hard thing to let go. I've gotten better at how I deal with it like realizing that maybe I shouldn't just write random people letters. This was something I did when I was a kid, by the way. Don't do this now. Yeah, don't piss Eva off. Like, I, I don't have the energy to get angry at you and write you angry letters, so don't don't piss her off. <laughs> it was in the, it was like, I don't know if you would call it passive. I wouldn't necessarily yell, but this, I would just write to people. Like, this is what you don't understand. Or this is why you're wrong. All right. So everyone, if you want to carry a grudge, this is you can do your letter writing when you're stuck in bed. That's that's definitely an option yeah. for you. So holding grudges, well, what is that quote? It's something like holding a grudge is like taking giving Oh, Roosevelt. It's um yeah, I know it. Roosevelt quote. Uh, his wife, um, Eleanor Roosevelt, it was um, taking poison, it's like giving someone else poison, or taking poison yourself and expecting the other person to die from it. Right, yes. That, that was it, there we go. Together, we can make that happen. I think hearing that quote years ago actually shifted the way I look at just being mad at people in general. Uh, Fair. But talking about, why was I talking about being stubborn and a Taurus and things? Um, wronging me <laughs> well, let's go to what's your like what is your go-to when you're stuck in bed like what's what's your top like things that you'd be like hey um random friend who is now stuck in bed after surgery or something's going on here's the things that you can here's my recommendation my top five the top five okay so catching up socially when possible i think is a really really great way to use that time you could say wisely in a happy in a happy um, I guess proactive way to to make yourself feel good, even if you don't feel good in all other respects. Mm -hmm. Emotionally good versus physically good. Uh, 
and that could be someone you live with. It could be someone you do a video chat with, like we said, could be someone online you've never met. Just engaging in positive conversation, I think would be number one. And number two, and this may seem obvious to people, but for some reason I don't think it's obvious, is sleep. But not like we all need to sleep, but use that time to really enjoy sleep. Don't make it like a, I'm, I'm just lazy, so I might as well sleep, but a, I get to sleep mentality. I get to really use this time to rejuvenate my body and my mind and listen to my body. Whatever it needs right now, I'm going to give it. So it's another part of my experience when I'm, when I'm in bed, I, I just, uh, I check out and I think I'm like, it's okay. This is, yeah, this is the, the positive side to my experience and sleep is a big part of that for me. And I highly recommend that people look at sleep as something they get to do, not just they have to, or that there's nothing else to do. So I might as well. Wonderful thing. <laughs> and we need it. So <laughs> that's oh, true. Just, I don't know if that makes sense. It's like proactive sleep rather than passive sleep, I guess. If that's making any sense. Um, we talked about being creative. I think being creative in general, and that doesn't mean drawing. It doesn't mean writing. It doesn't mean, have to mean sing, singing. It just means creating something new, something that hasn't existed before. So an example of something I do is if I have the, the brain power to do so, I will create recipes. Mm. So I like doing meal prep uh, as often as possible because I have to feed my hubs because he does not cook anything. Uh, and four days when I'm not feeling well or not available, I do a lot, I freeze a lot of my home cooked meals. So in, in case I feel that I'm repeating things pretty often, uh, I want to take some time and write down recipes. But because I don't follow recipes, I am the worst. I've never followed a recipe in my life. Uh, I read a lot of recipe books and then I just come up with a bunch of stuff and see how it works out. And that takes time. It, it actually takes a lot of time and brain power, but I feel like it's the brain power that I don't need to do normal work. Like I can do it when I'm foggy. It's different for me. So that's just an example of something I create that I don't need my work brain for, but I use some other some other brain that seems to be functioning during fog times <laughs> um so that was what four Three. i think so i was hoping you were keeping count i i told you when we started this you're gonna have to lead because <laughs> yeah i got other things but the general are listen to your body and sleep being a big part of that uh create something have good chats with peeps and maybe it was only three. <laughs> uh, well, also just something then, because like I am big on budgeting. So if um, you're stuck in bed and you're at all interested in reading and like my daughter is super into graphic novels. She doesn't like reading. And those are expensive, by the way, like getting the new graphic novels are like $16, $70 each. Um, so we discovered Libby, which is an app you can download. Uh, I know here in the United States, I don't know about outside the United States, but in the United States, it's a library. And if you have a library card with your local library, you can sign in with the library number and you can download 
all the books, like I think it's 10 books you can you can have on um, in rotation at one time, but it's all the new stuff that's out and it just goes directly to your iPad and then you can return it on, from your iPad so you don't have to drive, you don't have to go anywhere. And they have a ton of graphic novels, a lot of cookbooks, which I go through and I'll like, um, I love cooking when I can. And so I grab the recipes and save them in a file and um, all the, the sci-fi fantasy that I adore that's like 10 you know, like a thousand pages is usually about the standard fantasy novel. So I can just read it on the iPad. So that's, that's my big tip for, for being stuck in bed, because when you're stuck in bed, you can't get to a library and kid out books. That's a great resource. I'm definitely going to be looking. One of my favorites and free. I'm a big fan of the free there. That's (laughs) the free. Ooh, I think um, we could also talk about different products to use. Ooh. Ooh. Someone that I interviewed, oh yes, Jenny Grover, her interview will be coming up next. Um, she talked about how she has baskets around her house. Mm. And one of them, of course, is next to her bed where it's all the like wellness things that she wants that and things that will make her happy that she has ready to go. If she just basically falls into bed and can't get out for a long time. Uh, and I love it. Mm-hmm. I have a little bag that I keep in my backpack that I bring any bring break basically everywhere so that's one thing I have and I actually yeah I do have some stuff by my bed too uh including CBD some oils painkillers if I really need them but they're sort of like on my emergency side um moisturizer because it just makes me feel good I feel pampered when I put on moisturizer that smells nice like oh I'm I'm not like a blob in bed I'm I'm being pampered right now <laughs> that's cute I like that yeah. Um, I keep my physical therapy stuff by the bed um, because I can end up in bed for like weeks at a time. Um, but even if it's just for a day, I don't like to miss any of my physical therapy. So I have like the stretchy band things and light hand weights and I have an alarm that goes off every hour. So every hour I do at least something. And if it's one of the days where like top to bottom is finished, I just do muscle isolation every hour. That's a great tip. Yeah. And- important otherwise you can lose a lot of muscle tone fast like really fast yeah oh that's absolutely necessary um if possible when you're in bed for a really long period of time uh also i do recommend if you can get out of bed even if it's hard at the time like i know you monica maybe right now that may or may not be possible because you've got a, a joint dislocation situation going on so it literally might not be possible but uh to just think of it like an airplane, it might be really, really difficult, but even just getting up a little bit and going back down is... Yeah, I saw an episode a while ago um, on the ladder, which is like you have your baseline ladder where it's like the first step up the ladder is like just getting to the bathroom and brushing your teeth. Like, okay, so I did that one thing. Great. Is there a second step to the ladder? Okay. And you will absolutely, if you're like me, you will absolutely fall off the ladder at some point during this routine. But it's really important for me to at least try to get up and move. Um, even if I think like there's plenty of mornings where I wake up, I'm like, nope, 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 not, not going to happen. But I've found that sometimes when I get up and start moving, my joints will actually relocate on their own as I'm stepping around. And it will, I know it's weird, but it'll actually like, I'll be able to do way more than I thought I could do when I was just laying in bed. Ooh, yes. That's actually a good thing to bring up. Uh, And by the way, everyone, this is just personally like Ava and me and like Ava has fibromyalgia. I have 
Eller stainless fibro mast cell and pots. Is that it? I think that's it. Um, so like we're talking from people with these, these disorders, like you might have a very different disorder where what we're talking about is like, like I can't get out of bed. There's no way it's just not me. That's, that's totally fine. If that's not something you can do, but maybe you can find some value in what we've talked about, about like, you know, the app Libby or like keeping moisturizer by your bed, like take what you can from this episode. We're not saying everyone can do these things. Yeah. All right, that was my PSA. <laughs> that was great. If we just pretend that was at the beginning. Pretend um, it was at the beginning, yeah. <laughs> um so oh yeah, so to add on to what you're saying is not just uh uh getting up, walking around, seeing what your capabilities are, but the general the general yeah, actually seeing how far you can go. You might not know, you might feel the same in, in bed, but you actually might be better than you think sometimes when you get up. You didn't realize that something has subsided or maybe you're not as dizzy anymore. It's uh, it's just, it's good. Yeah, but if you're dizzy, make sure that you're nearby oh, yeah. things. <laughs> I was just going to add, of course, you want to take precautions, like don't just jump out of bed, <laughs> but but give yourself little tests. Like you said, you might be pleasantly surprised. Yeah, or- my test is coffee. I have my coffee maker on the other side of the house. So if I want my coffee in the morning, I actually do have to try <laughs> and see if I can make it to the kitchen. And that's one heck of a carrot. Like coffee is is a very big carrot for me. I wish it still was for me. I was <laughs> on an episode like a couple months, a few months ago, that I can no longer have caffeine. All of a sudden, when I've been having coffee since I was like ten. <laughs> Yay ballet. <laughs> <laughs> you can always tell a ballerina by yeah I started drinking coffee when it's old enough to get near the coffee maker <laughs> fake energy that has no calories you always know that's a ballerina <laughs> I do still drink decaf because I'm obsessed with coffee and coffee shops uh, that's could- wrong that's deeply wrong I'm judging you oh well, I don't I don't want to have a conversation about this but it's been summer and I love cold brew <laughs> oh I'm just messing with you there's no decaf cold brew that's not a thing the other day, I went to um, my favorite coffee shop, and it was New Barista, and I asked for decaf ice Americano, and she looked at me like I was nuts. Like I was nuts. But anyway, I digress. <laughs> it's a sad, it's a, like a sore spot for me right now. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to step on that sore spot. I was just trying to be funny. Um, no, I am the person who needs like caffeine in an IV just directly pumped into the veins. But I have small people who are they're not even small anymore. I don't know why I keep calling them small. They're like bigger than me usually now. But um, like I actually have to get up. Like even if I can't get out of bed, I at least have to parent in the mornings. And I have to parent at a high level because I have preteen who if they are know that it's possible to take advantage. They don't necessarily are wicked about it, but they'll definitely ask things they wouldn't usually ask. So I have to at least be like clever enough to go, oh, okay. So the thing I did to like, if there's any other parents who are like, I just can't deal with that. And um, we set up our rules and the answer will always be no, if it wasn't asked previously decided on discussed. So if there's a new thing, you can't bring it to me in the morning. Like that's not okay because I will just say yes to get you out of my room. So, it's, um, so like I found that that's that's the way that works. And we also keep um for a quick parenting tip for anyone who's dealing with this. Um, or if you have roommates and you're like, I don't remember what we said we're gonna do and not do. Google Keep is a free app. It's my favorite app, and we keep uh, contracts on the app. So I have a home 
section where I can keep all of the, or if you're an Apple person, you can do this on notes. The thing I like about keep is we have a chores list that I can add people into. And I have a shopping list that will bing those people when they go to near Trader Joe's. It'll like go, hey, pick this up. That'd be great. Or this chore is due by this time and it can ring on their phones. So that's my little like how to how to handle like contracts and chore stuff from bed. That's that's life saving. Nice. Yeah, I'm starting to think of all these different <laughs> products and tools. I can you tell how like tech I am? I'm like, here's the apps for this. Here's the yeah. device that works for this. I'm writing them down. We will put them in the show notes and and more Yay. bonus ones we did not discuss on here. Uh, is there is there anything else um, for you since you're in bed for longer periods of time that maybe I would not think of? Um, think of for what for like product or for. Uh, I think you just in general, but sure, we can, uh, we, well, let's say a product, something that you find yourself, your go-to. I know your iPad's a big one, but other than your iPad. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm like, I'm so bad at spending money, but like tech is, tech and books are kind of my, like, everyone has like a blind spot on what they spend money on and they don't count it as like, I'm spending a lot of money on this. Like for my husband, it's food. He loves good food and like, he will spend a psychotic amount of money on a lunch. And I'm like, are you? what are you doing? <laughs> but mine's books. Like if I go into a bookstore, I'm like, ah, that doesn't count, right? Like books, those are okay to buy at any time. Um, and I, I tend to, I, I, it's the thing that pisses me off about being disabled is it's expensive. It is so expensive to be sick. And like when we bought the car, it was like, I would have loved to have gotten a used car. I don't see the point in buying a new car, but I needed all of this technology in the car so that I would have a chance to drive it. So we had to buy this ridiculously expensive car that I'm like, I don't want to be that person. Um, so that, that drives me nuts, but I did buy uh, Apple um, and my, my Mac, my laptop I had to get because I can't sit at my desktop. So I had to get that, which has been amazing. I got so much done in like two days now that I don't have to sit at my desktop. But that's been really helpful is the um the iPad with the pencil. If you are an artist at all, it's it's totally worth the um expenditure to get that pencil and the Procreate app is one of my favorite things ever. Worst name for an app, but one of the best art apps. <laughs> like the app, I don't think it's more than like six bucks. But like seriously, if you have like here's my parenting tip from bed with toddlers is um arts and crafts in bed is great if you have an iPad. All you have to do is just put Procreate out there. And it's like, it's a complicated program if you want it to be, or it's as simple as finger painting. And they can experiment with any color. Like there's all the color wheels and any medium, and they can make a huge mess that exists in digital space. That is like the most awesome thing ever when you are stuck in bed. iPad parenting. I do a lot of iPad parenting. iPad parenting. Yeah, my daughter makes um, these incredible movies on her iPad. She creates these cool characters and she writes these very intricate stories and turns them into movies. So she and I will do a lot of like curling up next to each other and I'll be writing or I'll be drawing a new character and she'll be doing her stuff. And we just, I know it's like that whole idea of like the people, the evil idea of like the parent is in the screen, the child is in the screen and this is awful. This is what we should fight against. And it's like, actually, we're really enjoying each other. And we're curled up together, listening to the same music. And 
we're making cool stuff together. I love, I love that time. And we also do Pinterest together. And that's like, I know Pinterest is like a love hate thing for people because like, it's just, just too much pressure. I just kind of find it like, I'm like, Oh, when I'm healthier, I can do this. Uh, when I have a good day, I have like, I actually do keep a list of what I want to do for good days. Um, which I highly recommend because they're few and far between. So it's like, I just make a list of everything I want to do when it's okay. And then I don't like feel like I'm running around trying to figure out what's, what would be fun. I think that's just a great idea in general is having this ongoing list of good days versus bad days. I don't know if you want to name it that because bad day obviously sounds pretty, uh, pretty negative. But, oh, um, you know, I have like swear words in my list. Of, like, <laughs> I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> I just started imagining some of them. Um, but yeah, having it so that it's a go-to. It's like, uh, yay, I get to do these things today because I'm in bed. Um, I I know it sounds ridiculous, but I don't I, I don't think it is ridiculous actually to to say, yay, I get to do this. Because if I was to give one message, uh, this is what I like to do at the end of my episodes, is what's like one message you could bestow upon our listeners. For me, that would be, do everything that you love that you can do and not focus on the things you can't do. There are lots of things we still love, whether they include physically moving at all or not, that we can do from bed and that's different for everybody. But we, we love certain things and that might be talking, it might be just being in our mind and meditating. There, mm. there are so many things. We all love experiences in this world and there are many, many, many of them, uh, as you can see from our conversation, that can be done from bed. We are or just scratching the surface. It's not just friends and drawing. There are <laughs> reading books, right? There's so Watch much. Who? <laughs> so much to do. But the the main takeaway, I hope, is that it can it can still be a positive experience, a very positive experience. It just is the reality of that time. That's your new normal at that time. And so you have good things that happen during that new normal. It just well might said. a normal that you chose. Well said. Are we <laughs> signing off with that? Because we could totally sign off with that. I think, uh, yeah, I think it's a good place. Mm, excellent. Then be kind, be gentle, be badass even from bed. All right. See you guys on the 200th episode. <laughs> thanks for listening to another roundtable episode of invisible not broken part of the invisible not broken podcast network if you haven't already please take the next 30 seconds to do these three things subscribe to all of our shows leave feedback with a review and share this episode with a loved one don't forget to check out our official Invisible Not Broken Network Facebook group. Please join us in our community conversations where you can ask questions, connect with fellow Invisible Illness peers, and make suggestions for the podcast. That's all for today. Take care and remember to be kind, be gentle, and in whatever way you can, be a badass.